Week three of the Arizona high school football season is now in the books and they put together another winning week. Five wins and two losses is the record. This is the Seatown Rivals podcast presented by BQ Enterprises. Check out bqenterprises.com where all your legal needs can be handled from A to Z. Ralph Amsden, Chili, along with Brett Quintown, where we talk football at the 3A, 4A, and 6A levels. And something I like to really just start off with, just what did you guys do briefly away from the gridiron since we last get met? Oh, man, um, I got fair food. Uh, we did the fair, sit fair drive through thing. I had my little... Oh, okay, that's uh, kind of cool. For the second time, uh, trying to load up on all the good fried stuff, uh, fried Oreos, fried... Fried anything. Um, That's cool. My favorite thing is the uh, village fried bread. You know, again, fried uh, with bean, chili, meat, and cheese. Like, you know, I'm a sucker for it. So, uh, yeah, fair food. That that's like my thing. Like, if anybody uh, has a hookup, has a plug, um, bring it to a game. I'll bring the sideline vlog out there. Like, it's like a guarantee. So, um, yeah, definitely that totally works. And Mr. Amson, how about yourself? Um, I got to uh, I got to see Saguaro, the mighty Saguaro. They came out to Maricopa, and I had a chance to check them out. Um, and then uh, for the first time in seven months, I got a little a little quiet time because uh, my wife took all the kids camping. Oh, that's cool. So just yes, me, you needed that. <laughs> yeah, just me in an empty house for a couple of days and that was nice to be able to catch up on um on some work and look up some film of some players that uh that i hadn't seen yet and then we went out to that saturday night game um that was out at cactus uh between cactus and desert edge um and that was is that's kind of cool with the pac-12 not really playing and you know i I like college football but i'm only mainly a pac-12 fan so if there's no pac-12 football if there's a high school game i can get out to you know i'm I'm always happy to do it and i think there's another one this saturday um at a brand new high school called canyon view that's out on the far far west side so i'm excited to go out and, and check a new place out and i think they're playing uh tempe so that should be that should be fun i'm excited about that Definitely good stuff. So we will begin our podcast with the Seton Catholic Sentinels. They were shut out by the St. Mary's Knights 48 to nothing. Tough going for Pete Walheim's clubs. They managed just a little over 100 yards in total offense. It's going to be tough for the boys in red and glo- excuse me, red and gold as they've been uh, they're actually blanked by a team not named Soro for the first time since October 27, 2017 when they fell to Higley. Honestly, they've got another tough challenge in the Desert Sky region when they host Mesquite this Friday night. Chili, you and I both saw the Wildcats most recent game. We'll branch out of Seatown just for a second. Tell us about Ty Thompson. Oh, man, super special quarterback, uh, five stars for a reason. Um, definitely, you know, um, worth going to check out. So uh, shout out to the Seton Faithful that get to go watch this uh, future Heisman Trophy candidate uh, do some work. And as you know, um, Mesquite probably has one of the funnest football players to watch, Eric Lira. So, I mean, at, to say the least, at least they'll get to go check out uh, these two players ball out while, you know, they wait for um, some, some of their talent to come in. Um, Mateo Ortiz is still a dude, so I'm, I'm waiting for the developments over there at Seton. It's just going to take some time. Absolutely, and the Valley Christian Trojans will slide over to 3A. Wow, Ralph, this is a solid Trojan club as they take down the Winslow Bulldogs 61-7. to 
Jaden Handel, 313 yards and seven touchdowns. Four caught by Andrew Handel, three by Austin Gerard. Ten receptions and 270, excuse me, 274 yards between them. Caden Majersik with 100 yards rushing. Ralph, tell us about these VC Trojans. Well, actually, you know, I got a chance to go out, try to get out and see them once a year. Uh, mm -hmm. And I got a chance to see them play last year against Yuma um, Catholic. And I thought that um, Hansel looked good as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. he, he really looks the part. Um, and I think I even, I, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before that I um, uh, mistook them for brothers when they're, when cousins. they're actually cousins. Sure. But I mean, that's, that's going to be something they never forget for the rest of their lives. Um, four touchdowns to your cousin uh, in, in the same game. And it's not like Winslow's a bad team. Those White Mountain teams are usually really tough. And, and the, one of the things that they do the best is they control the clock. And so it, it's very interesting um, to see Valley Christian blow them up like that. Sure. Um, but that's what we want to see because it, 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 you know, it's been a rough go ever since they got forced up from from 2A to 3A, and they're slowly figuring things out. And the amount of resources they pour into making sure that they can be competitive and an attractive place to send your kids to school. Um, and it definitely is that. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I really enjoy what they're doing. I think this was um, – th this is where we can start to make the argument that they're a top five team in 3A, and the media rankings are going to come out before this podcast comes out, but a little bit later today, and I think that you'll see that's probably where they end up. It's been a long time since we've seen seven touchdown passes by any quarterback in the Seatown Rivals umbrella. I mean, I'm trying to go back to maybe the machine in 2014-15. Maybe. I can't say seven. I mean, because it would be to that point where the starter would throw five TDs and they'd bring a backup in and throw two TDs. So, Props to what they're doing over on uh, Galveston. And, uh, Chile, obviously, I know you're fond of uh, Valley Christian as well. Yeah, man, I absolutely love the Han the, the whole Hansel family because mm -hmm. uh, I think it was Peyton Hansel that was there before uh, slinging the rock a little bit. Um, Chandler Carter's one kid that I've been trying to follow, you know, a little bit. Uh, I think he could be a super talented tight end. I know they're using him a lot on defense. But, you know, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what Valley Christian has for everybody the rest of the way. Absolutely. And they, they, they have gone over 60. With the previous two coaches. Yes, uh, they have. Yes. Sumberg did it last year, I think, against Paradise Honors. And mm -hmm. I think Rutledge in his... He did, yeah, in, in one of those years. In, perhaps his last year. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sequoia. Okay. 69-7. So it was a little bit of a welcome to... Uh, um, and I, I think he actually did it even more recent. They put 62 on North Point back in 2017. Yeah. So yeah, They've definitely scored the points, but that's seven TDs, seven TD passes... It's like, wow. That's, um... So at 3-0, they will head to Florence to take on a struggling Gophers team. The Arizona College Prep Knights. They are now 3-0 as well after defeating the Payson Longhorns 19-14. The man of the hour who gives a lot of credit to his team is head coach Myron Bluford. I'm here with the head coach of the Arizona College Prep Knights, Myron Bluford, and Coach Bluford, a lot of good things have been happening over the last week, and we don't have to go in sequential order, but let's start off with Friday night. You guys go up to Payson. Always a tough trip anytime you go up, uh, leave the Valley. Walk us through that 1914 victory. 
Uh, yeah, you know, like you said, it's uh, when you go to Payson, it's kind of it's kind of cool on their part because it's a community thing. They kind of shut down for the football mm -hmm. games, and so um, it's very. If you love high school football, it's a good environment. But as the opponent going there, um, it's always it's always going to be a little bit of a challenge. And um, we kind of knew that going in there. Um, you know, Payson was 0 and 2, but um, we knew that they kind of got started late with the whole COVID thing, and so they were just starting to get their things going. Um, so we knew we were going to get the best version of Payson, and so um, so a lot of things, you know. And, and we you know we have a big game this week, so uh, we knew that could potentially be kind of a trap game for us. So a lot, just a lot of aspects to it. Um, but I knew we were prepared. Uh, I knew that we were we were focused, and so I just knew it was going to be a battle. It wasn't going to be one of those games where we kind of showed up and, and just ran over them. So, um, so the game kind of went, you know, as anticipated, and we were taking on the entire city of Payson. And um, you know, you don't really look at the the, the point spread in, in those victories. You just look at the victory, and uh, and we were happy to get out of there with one. Last year, this time, you had some junior leadership, and I was fortunate to catch some of the names. Now it's senior leadership. Mark Chavez, Richie Williams, Brian Dyson, great offense, but also Joel Diaz on defense. Tell us about this senior leadership on both sides of the ball. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you know, Kellen Gibson also, you know, is our little linebacker on defense. Um, you know, we're, we're just kind of fortunate in, you know, being able to have the same guys that kind of started this program. They know all the ups and downs um, and then working their tails off, you know, to get to this point. So um, they know what this is all about. It's a lot of sweat, blood, and tears that's gone into this four years. Um, they didn't have anyone to show them the way. They had to kind of do it. And now that they're the guys, um, they, they're making sure that everybody kind of follows them and they understand, like, what this means to them and and all the work they put in to get to this point and not to take it for granted so uh, it's great having these senior leaders um, you know outside of them just being extremely talented um, they, they know what this is about they understand how to be really good leaders and and what this means so um, yeah we've kind of been blessed as coaches that we kind of just you know get to coach the x's and o's and let them kind of set the tone of the culture last week you were blessed with some very good news we're here on the acp erie campus I don't know if it's still going to be the same name, but for lack of a better word, I'm going to call it the ACP South Chandler Campus. Got to be exciting for you. Uh, very, very. Yeah, and it will we'll drop the eerie, so it'll be it will be ACP. Um, yeah, super excited. You know, when I when I took this job. Um, you know, the, the expectation was that what I had is what I was going to have. You know, it's going to be a, a smaller uh, two-way school and, um, you know, we're going to kind of bounce around to all the other CUSD campuses. And, and I accepted it and, you know, we kind of hit the ground running and uh, we kept pushing, you know, to get more things and to, to kind of elevate this program because, um, and if anything I'm going to be involved in, we're going to try to make it the best that it can be and not, you know, limit the, the expectations. So, um, so we kept, we've always run this you know, like a big program and we dealt with what we had to do and you know the two the weight room with the two benches and two squat racks i mean we we, we didn't make excuses we just we just went to work and so um now that it's official you know that we're going to move there um i've had opportunity to go to castile and kind of look at the model of what they're going to make this skill the school out of and um it's super exciting you know and um this other thing is we have our 2022 class that was here and kind of went through some of those things with us um so they'll be able to go there and really appreciate you know all the resources that we have now so um, it's still the same mentality I mean we'll, we'll play in a dirt field but now we have a little bit nicer stuff to play with absolutely I can definitely tell you there's a lot of optimism over in South Chandler that's that's where I live I've been seeing this building get blown up and grown and it's going to be terrific I'm sure you're quite happy something you mentioned to me a couple of years back we were doing another radio show you joined us in the booth you said you don't leave the CUSD and I don't think you're going to leave anytime soon with everything you've got going on now 
Yeah, no, I, I always joke, you know, as soon as they made it official, I was like, I might as well get an ACP tattoo. Because um, I, I don't I don't really see myself going anywhere. Um, you know, I, I told you before, I got into this because I wanted to be a head coach um, and I had my own program. It wasn't necessarily I wanted a big program. Uh, I just wanted what we needed for, to, to be successful. And, um, you know, we've done a great job with the resources that we've had. And I'm very happy to be a part of this. And now that, you know, we're getting a new facility, a new school and get a community around us to support us. Um, um, it's everything that a head coach would want. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm I'm not going to be leaving CSD too much. <laughs> the Blue Ridge Yellow Jackets are your next opponent. What's the early scouting report on them? Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, P.J. London, um, the, the kid's a stud. Uh, like I, I played him in the playoffs last year um, and, you know, still had kind of fresh in our memory of the things that he was able to do on the football field. And, um, I mean, it kind of goes around him. You know, he, he does everything. He's a quarterback. He plays safety, does all the kicking duties. Um, he's just kind of a throwback. And, um, you know, I appreciate it. I, I went to school with Mike Nixon uh, at Sunday Slope, so I know a lot of people know that, that name. And he kind of reminds me of Mike. You know, he does everything and is really good at everything. So, um, you know, obviously stopping him is going to have to be the primary goal. Um, and then he has a really good supporting cast around him that know their jobs and, and know how to kind of utilize all that. So um, we'll be ready. Uh, I, th I think that we have a good game plan. And uh, I know our boys are kind of chomping at a bit to get another opportunity. And it doesn't hurt that they got to come down here. The enthusiasm that you have not only for this program, but high school football in general is just awesome. It rubs off on all of us. So I can definitely tell you for myself, Chili and Ralph, Thank you so much for doing what you do. Yeah, and th thank you guys. I mean, I know small school kind of starting this off, and you guys have always been huge uh, supporters of us, and it's hard when you're a smaller school. So uh, I appreciate it, and now we'll just have bigger facilities for you guys to go to. <laughs> thank you, Coach. Right, thank you. And Ralph, as Coach and I spoke at the end of the interview, he mentioned us by name. He appreciates everything that we've done for the whole Seatown scenario. But more importantly, let's throw it back on him. Coach Bluford started this program with 20-something kids, but now he's going to be in an environment where he doesn't have to worry about attracting anybody anymore. The sky's the limit for this nightclub. Yeah, so they're going to get the, the new campus, which mm -hmm. is, is pretty awesome. In, uh, in Southeast Chandler, kind of between Perry um, and Basha, it's going to make for an interesting option mm -hmm. for kids who maybe live more in central Chandler want that accelerated academic option but don't want to send their kids all the way out to um sure. to castile uh right. and, and and you know it's still going to be a smaller environment um with gorgeous facilities yeah yeah it's it's very it's very interesting um the growth of the city of chandler you know my freshman year was hamilton's first year open it was the first time that that uh that the city of chandler had two high schools and so oh wow um you know, to see the growth of, of Arizona College Prep when they weren't really even in our on our radar for the first few years of True. of doing this podcast. And see how they fast still don't they have their own home field. Right. So they'll be playing at Chandler High, and this will be my first chance getting to see them play uh, in person. I'm going to try to make it out there for the second half of their game against Blue Ridge where they're going to be going up uh, against a very legit uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, quarterback Coach in P.J. Bluford London. So. All the respect in the world for that London family. But it's just interesting because I think you even mentioned last week, like may, they might have a hard time holding on to him uh, as head coach. But I didn't realize that this new campus was coming, and um, you know, it just shows how out of the out of the loop I've been. Even though my parents really? live right there, and I've driven by that new campus a bunch of times, and the, my curiosity just never took sure. over to figure out what was going on there. But you know, this could mean that they have him um, for the long haul, and, and they will. Really and he said something. he's not going anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, 
Chili, I know you always joke, and we've kind of dropped that joke about, oh, everything's so far, and we're going to drop that joke, cause <laughs> it, but I think you'll be visiting ACP at some point in, in 2021 or 22 and beyond, because it's going to be something special. No, for sure. Um, I'm, de I'm definitely excited to see uh, the new facilities, all that stuff. Um, I'm more excited about, you know, this offense over here. Like, I, I know that it might be perceived that they kind of struggled, you know, first game they scored 40, second game they scored, what, 54, and uh, put that Payson's donut up there. always tough. Um, you know, but this game against Payson, you know, the passing game wasn't as efficient as it has been the previous games, and they were able to really lean on Richie Williams. Mm -hmm. Richie yes, Williams they did. popped off for 173 and was able to carry the team, and sometimes you're going to have to do those types of things and, you know, it's nice that Mark Chavez can rely on Richie to do it so that when Richie struggles on the ground that he can rely on Mark Chavez to get it done through the, through the air. Absolutely. This they're is, they're uh, sitting on an 8-2. to two. They're plus 6 on turnovers so far this year. And, so for, and for a team at their level that throws a bunch, that's uh -huh. pretty rare. And I know that one player that, that Cody's really excited to, to size up um, – on the defensive side of the football, is averaging 12 tackles per game so far this year is Joel Diaz. So, Absolutely, yeah. That's so we're going to have Cody Cameron out there to scout Joel Diaz. and then uh, Good kid. Yeah, I was yeah. able to briefly chat with him when I went over there uh, Monday. So, yeah, it's um, they're doing it on both sides of the ball, which is, uh, which is a true plus. Speaking of another team that's getting it done on both sides of the ball, the Castile Colts. This team isn't joking around. 12-7 victory over the Queen Creek Bulldogs. 3-0 on the year, and they have the tools to do so. Dane Christensen, 29-34 of 34 for 242 and a pair of TD passes. Isaiah Newcomb with 10 catches for 101 yards. But Chili, tell us about, dare we say, the other Newcomb. There's a little brother <laughs> in town. Um, J.J. Newcomb, one of the super talented uh, 2024 kids that I've been uh, watching for a little bit. Um, one of the best defensive backs in the state, I believe. Um, as for, a freshman. A, a, as a freshman, mm -hmm. right? Because, um, you know, uh, he's starting varsity. Uh, he's making plays up there. Um, they actually have a pair of freshmen starting on varsity as freshmen, which is so wild because um, last year we thought it was a big deal when Cole Martin uh, at Hamilton was starting as a freshman and Cole Shivers at Red Mountain was starting as a freshman. And, like, here we have two in one secondary. And you would think that most teams with – uh, Division one caliber quarterbacks would just pick this Castile team apart. Here's Castile sitting at uh, 3-0. and And they've gone against a Division one quarterback in week one, a Power 5 quarterback in week two, a Power 5 quarterback in week three. And these boys are holding it together. Um, there's a lot of people out there on that, you know, tough Twitter talk saying like, oh, coach's kid, that's why he's getting these opportunities. No, nah. he is an absolutely <laughs> phenomenal, yes. special talent. Um, I've been, Like I said, I've been watching him for a while. Uh, try to do my homework as much as possible as soon as these kids uh, cross over from junior high to high school. And, yeah, man, Isaiah Newcomb's a dude. Uh, J.J. Newcomb is, uh, you know, kind of a, a beneficiary of having a big brother that plays wide receiver, I think. And, man, I cannot say enough about this Castile team that's uh, done everything possible and everything right so far this season. Dane Christensen, the best 2021 unsigned quarterback in the country. There's Absolutely. Nobody that can convince me different. And Ralph, I'll ask you, Castile three and I don't necessarily know if I thought they would be three and at this point. I can't say yes or no, but they're an open contender. Is that fair to say? I think most of the people who submitted their Ocho um, up on ArizonaVarsity.com this week have Castile as a top eight team. 
I have them up there, and then I'm, I'm, you know, but I didn't expect them to be three and zero. I've been racking my brain over the, you know, just how how did we get here? Because you know they're in six A, and I think everybody kind of considers them still like the little brother school of all the big schools um, in Chandler. If you're talking about Basha, Perry, Hamilton, and, and Chandler, mm-hmm. right? They're they're the little brother. They're, they're the That's fifth right. kid coming up behind, you know, sure. uh, trying to mimic everybody else. And and then I think about it, and I'm like. Their schedule was as hard as some of these other teams for the last two years. If if you look at it, their their introduction to five A was to play Centennial. Right, that's right. And they were in that Santan region that had the Williamsfield and Campo Verdes of the world. So right, right. So they've played Williamsfield three times in the mm-hmm. last two years. They've played and beat Campo Verde twice. In the last two years, they actually have three separate games against Higley, um, one of which they won 56 to 24. And so, you know, they, they lost a couple of the other ones, but they played Horizon in 2018 and won 49 to 10. Horizon was an open team the very next year. And here's another thought while you're, um, while we're kind of thinking about that. It took a, I'm going to call it a Herculean comeback by Spencer Brash who has since started a game at Cal to knock them out of that quarterfinal round their first year in 5A. So, no, you're right. They've played. They've taken on all comers. Yeah, but the, and so, won. so the thing, I think the thing that shocks me is, you know, last year they gave up 34 to Centennial. It was a very, very good team. Played in the Open Division uh, playoff. They gave up 42 and 52 to Williamsfield, who ultimately went on to win the, um, 5A. the, the 5A title. But, but even some of these lesser teams... You know, Gilbert dropped 33 on them. Maricopa dropped 27 on them. They won both of those games, but still, you know, there is some ground to make up defensively to make me think that they were going to have the ability to compete with Queen Creek. They gave up seven points. Defensively, they've been incredibly impressive, Mm -hmm. and how they were able to figure that out in such a short time, I think, puts a little bit of pressure on some of the neighboring schools who have not been able to do that. It just adds to the idea that there's a way to get this done, you know. And and uh, yeah, I'm I'm incredibly impressed that if if not for if not for Notre Dame getting absolutely stomped by a very young Mountain Ridge team, I would consider this Castile 12 to 7 win um, I would consider that uh, the upset of the year so far, especially considering Castile, I think Turn the ball over inside the five on a couple of different drives. Oh, wow. So that could okay. have easily been a blowout if Queen Creek's defense didn't stop them from punching the ball in on a couple of different occasions. All right. Back on September 8th, and I don't know everything about football. I don't, I don't pretend to. I don't claim to. I'm not, You're still learning. You know, right, right, right. I'm still trying to figure some things out. You know, I haven't you know, earned some of the ranks or anything like that, right? But on September 8th, I did say on Twitter, it's out there for the public, Castile is open bound. They're open bound. It's a fact. Uh, Dane Christensen, he'll still probably do 3,000 yards passing, even with a lesser season, right? I put all that out there, you know, and people kind of, you know, skim through, read it, whatever, give credit elsewhere, and it's okay. Now, Dane Christensen has 850 yards passing right now, right now. So he is on a trajectory that he still might get this 3,000 yards passing. And my man still hasn't, you know, gotten the major division one love, the FCS love, you know, for like, um, all the amazing like things that are going on in the valley and stuff like it's almost criminal 
that Dan Christensen like hasn't been quote unquote discovered. But I do sense some things are coming for him, so I'm excited about that. But I'm telling you, the rest of this team, this defense, they are long. They are athletic. They are going to cause problems for a whole lot of people. And the competition, it gets easier from here on out. Yes, it does. They went through the toughest part of their schedule, went 3-0, and grinded out two close victories. And, man, I, I, I think we are looking at a team that can only beat themselves. Chili, what do you think is going through the head of all the players that transferred out before the 2019 <laughs> season? Um, I mean, one of them was on the field. Hunter Barth is probably my favorite player in all of Arizona high school football. I've known him since he was in kindergarten. You know, I don't think he was expecting to be on the losing end of a game between Queen Creek you know, and Castile, knowing everybody that left. You know, so, so, some transparency because I think uh, the public uh, embraces the realness. I was on Bobby Newcomb's head when, when, when the defection started happening. Uh, I got yes, the, no, it's fair to I, say because we're I like, the, what is going on? I got the early word that... Uh, you know, a bunch of these uh, kids were transferring out, uh, notably from the 2022 class. And a part of me was on Bobby's head about it. And I was like, dude, there's there's something bad in the water over at Castile. There is something not good going on. Um, it's too many defections. I don't know how the program will survive. Bobby Newcomb proved me wrong. He didn't prove me wrong year one. He proved me wrong the first time that I went out to go to a game. Those kids have the buy-in. The, mm -hmm. only, only the strong survive. Only the strong survive. Now, there are a bunch of talented kids that left Castile that are thriving because, you know, as you brought up Hunter Barth, um, Cal Commit, um, you know, and, I'm, you know, I guess we're going to just have to put the rest of them out there. Devin Brown, uh, USC Commit. They're thriving, and that's, that's amazing, and I'm glad for them. Kyle Casper but, on that list, right? He just got Kyle, Kyle Casper just offers. got Iowa State. Uh, Iowa, ASU, who I absolutely love. I, I've been on all... Three of the, uh, all three of those guys for a minute now. So, like, you know, it's amazing to watch them flourish. But, man, it's, it's buy-in. Buy-in or get out. There's, we're going to do this one way. And, you know, the Bobby Newcomb way. And, I, dude. And it's proved as, to be successful so as, far. As much really as has. I hated it at the beginning, it's like vitamins. It's like vitamins. You don't want to take them, but they are the best thing for you. They're going to keep you right. Uh, Brock, do you bought in? Uh, Washington State. Dane Christensen bought in, and he's going to get something big too. Like this team is is, is on the path. Uh, you see Shaquan Bowser racking up all these Pac-12 offers. Um, Kennedy Erlacher getting New Mexico early before he even plays a down on varsity. Uh, you know, J.J. Newcomb has it coming soon. We possibly Isaiah... know with the Erlacher scenario. And I'm not taking anything yeah. away from anybody, but right, yes, right, right. no, but there's a ton of I mean, it's cool and crazy just to see all these. But you could be out there and play commits. young. You can mm -hmm. be out there and you can be playing early. Well, yeah, they, they got that unique situation where they have like the six, seven, the eight feeders, seventh, yeah. and eight. Yeah. Where they got the built-in yeah, feeder system, built so it's yeah. not just like a no. feeder system. It's like the built-in built yeah. no, feeder that's system. A wonderful thing. And they have like the I think it's just flag football, six, seventh, and eighth, and then they have their own like I guess they go to their feeder team which is yes, like whatever the it's an interesting model but it's it's working beyond belief and i mean props to just the whole cult program i mean for the most part i've liked everything about what's gone on since day one I bobby newcomb got to be the early name for coach of the year i would say so for sure i think that's i mean there's no question yeah. there's no question Absolutely. and if he stays on this like there, there's it, it would be criminal not to give it to him 
That's and I know he doesn't even like care about that stuff. Right. But... No, he's very humble and he's very quiet. He he's about his business, and yeah. the business is truly being handled. It's just it's crazy to remember that they ended their regular season in 2016 and 2017 playing Valley Christian. Like that was the last right. Year. That was their game. Yeah. That's, that's now they're beating true. Queen Creek. It's uh, it's special over there on Power and Rigs. The Basher Bears are in the win column, 38-24 over the Desert Vista Thunder. They scored in every quarter, and Caleb Jones brought it with 106 yards on the ground. Chilling, not only did they get the win, but you're big on those donuts. They swept all levels, freshman, JV, and varsity. All right. While, while I'm grateful for this, and I, I want to I focus on all the amazing things that Occurred in the game. Uh, Demond Williams with his victory. Andy threw a touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, my man Caleb Jones peeled off for uh, three touchdowns and returned one also. So he had four total for the night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Andrew Barney had a solid game receiving with 82 yards and a, a touchdown. Caden um, Camacho does a great job leading over there. Um, Desert Vista's been struggling. So. They you know, have, but you got to beat the on, teams that you're supposed to beat. 100%. Um, but they've been swept on all levels by um, every team that they've played so far. Uh, this is DV 0-9? Yeah, they're 0-9. Wow. They're 0-9. They're I did not realize that, they, but the, yeah. The, the gray hairs are there, like uh, over there in Ahwatukee. Um They're trying to figure things out. Um, but yes, like you said, you have to win the games that you have to win, um, that you're supposed to win. And this team could arguably be 3-0 and right now, really. I mean, you know, they, they've hung in every game, uh, you know, and they're only going to get better with Absolutely. experience. Uh, Miles Lockhart's tough out there on defense. Uh, he was coached you know, well in his youth days. <laughs> he was. Yeah, you know, and... Um, Not by they, me, but our organization. So they, got, they, got, they got great senior leadership over there. Um, you know, they got some good young kids and... You know they're waiting for they're waiting for uh, this next week. They're waiting for uh, you know to start getting their transfers in. Wyatt Milkovic is uh, seething to get in um, at linebacker uh, for them and make some things happen. So you know I'm excited. I, I think that you know uh, Bash is starting to you know turn that proverbial corner. Absolutely. And, um, based on some of the things that have gone on this weekend, I mean I still kind of think that they will possibly bring back this Val Vista sign and. You know, I don't know. I said that yeah. they'd be probably like a five and three team, you know, going yeah. into the I mean, season. I'm, so I'm as big of a Basha fan as they come. And Ralph, you're a huge Chris McDonald fan as well. Just tell us your take on what's going on over there. Well, I think that um, as Chili puts on a Basha mask as that's, we're sitting here good. recording that, this podcast. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I want to say something about Chris McDonald here because he was putting Caleb Jones out there. Um, I think there was a, an event at Valley Luna, and if I if I'm remembering correctly, he brought Caleb Jones. Okay. And Caleb Jones, you know, was a kind of a shy kid, but he, you know, Coach McDonald wanted to get Caleb Jones out there, um, and you know, and then I look Caleb Jones up, and I see that he has, you know, two total touchdowns in eleven games played, and I'm like, well, you know. Why? What are we going to do here? Is this indicative of the year that, you know, Bash is going to have? Is this just a kid who does all the, the things the right way? And and uh, and I talked to Coach McDonald. And he really, really believed in him. And, you know, he went into – Caleb Jones went into 
the Desert Vista game with three career varsity touchdowns and left with seven. Got one on defense, scored three on offense. Zach Alvira had him as his player of the game. Uh, I think somebody, um, Cody Cameron named him as his offensive beast of the week in, in the mm-hmm. stuff we put up on ArizonaVarsity.com. And the week um, before, it looked like he was going to have the game winner. He had a 40-yard touchdown with under two minutes left, but it took the huge comeback by Corona Del Sol to wind up beating him. So, yeah, Caleb's yeah, and so um, I just love the, the faith that Coach McDonald put in him by putting him out there. And it's it's being rewarded like he is who Coach McDonald McDonald said um, he was going to be, and it's um, you know this is a, a, a COVID shortened season where everybody's kind of walking a tightrope and on edge. Um, but you know, no matter what happens from this point on, I think Caleb Jones can look at this and be like, this is a really special year for him, regardless of anything else that's going on. Cause he gets to go out and be the leader in a transition year for a team that is moving from youth into success. And he gets to set the tone for everybody out there, much in the way we talk about Brock, Dew doing that at Castile, you know, Caleb Jones is going to be that guy for Basha. And that's just, that's a really, really cool thing to witness. Absolutely. The bears are definitely looking to get it done and they head to Ahwatukee this week to take on the winless pride of Mountain Point. The Chandler Wolves, back-to-back-to-back-to-back state championships. They were 55-0 winners over the Perry Pumas. Ralph, Mikey Keene with a pair of TD passes to Jalen Richmond. We know all about Eli Sanders, but it was Jeremiah Moore joining the century mark on the ground as well. Complete team, my man, as the Wolves continue to dominate the Pumas. I don't even know who Jeremiah Moore is. He's just a guy who is wearing a Chandler uniform, and he got 100 yards. I mean, that's how deep they are. No, he's a a talented uh, 2022 athlete. Um, You know, they got got a lot of them. Right, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to say no names, but it's like these guys roll seriously deep. Yeah. Like guys we aren't even fully up on. Are breaking off for a hundred so, yards, and that's to me so impressive. I mean, I mean, I mean the fact of the matter is, is, Jeremiah Moore is like a fourth string running back, right, at Chandler, which is right, I mean, which is yeah, which, that's that's which my is, point, which is almost better than being like a first string running back at a lot of schools. Absolutely, uh, Jeremiah Moore uh, went over the century mark this week. Uh, also scored a touchdown uh, against Pinnacle. Like, I mean, Nesbitt last <laughs> week with the hundred yards. I mean, and all of this is, and even putting Eli Sanders to the side, it's. And we're not putting Eli Sanders right, right, to the right. side, but that's how deep they are. Guys are no, just for sure. like, making it off. I mean, Eli busts out for, you know, 115, three touchdowns, light night, uh, light night of yeah. work, uh, eight carries. Um, Nicholas Nesbitt goes off, you know, 82 yards and two touchdowns, seven carries, light night of work, right? Um, even uh, Charles Ennis, Charles Ennis Jr., one of my talented 23 kids, um, I personally kind of like him better as a wide receiver, but who am I to go against what Coach Garrison wants? 41 yards on the ground, right? Um, and then there's the 2022 kid, Jeremiah Moore. And I'm trying to figure out which one is the third string and fourth string between uh, Ennis and Moore. But, like, man. Whoever they, has a better week at practice. Right. And, <laughs> That's what and it is. Like, it matters, but does it really matter? Right. Because, Absolutely. you know, hey, look, we play at Chandler, and we're going to get these carries anyways. You know, we're each going to get five, and maybe – I'm gonna score the touchdown this week. Maybe I'm gonna get the hundred one hundred Correct. yards That's what this it week is. or whatever. So I mean, like that, the I mean, balance is ridiculous. No, it's it's absolutely insane. And um, you know, Keon Grays and Jalen Richmond playing off each other and loving each other like the way that they do and supporting each other. Um, Keon Grays no touchdowns. Is he upset? No. Uh, he just goes out and gets the Ohio State offer the next day, right? Um, Jalen Richmond 
snapped his two touchdowns and you know he missed the week before so you uh -huh. know it's his turn to you know do that work and this team is so like unbelievably ridiculously loaded i think it's the best team in the country i know everybody wants to throw out img and duncansville and like all these other schools but um there there's there's no there's no school out there uh right now right now today better than chandler and i know everybody's saying that down the street there's another school um a hybrid school kind of of sorts that everybody's saying uh hamilton they're ready to go we will find out week eight what this is about and we'll at that point maybe there will be a new best school but until then chandler's a school you know neighborhood kids for the most part not not recruiting and all that like they are they're legit chandler's just living up to their name man they're uh -huh. a pack of wolves and everybody eats everybody eats you look at their defense hank pepper caused two fumbles zion magalay jeremiah tyler and brandon buckner all got a sack um i mean 20 different players got tackles you know almost a dozen got multiple tackles in this game you look at what they did on the offensive side of the football <laughs> Two, 352 yards rushing on 27 carries. That's 13 yards a carry. Not a single um, rush for a loss. Uh, Mikey Keene did not get sacked. It's complete. It's complete domination. Absolutely. The only thing that didn't go their way in this game is uh, <laughs> um, their usually automatic kicker, Crew Peterman, missed an extra point, um, which I think was actually blocked. Uh, by Dylan Harms um, from Perry, which is the only thing that they probably did right all all day long. This was just, um, you know, I know that Perry was was without their quarterback, um, you know, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure the level of effect that 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 had. What what I was not expecting in this game was for this to be Chandler's largest margin of victory um, ever against Perry, and I think that they were bumping up against that. And, oh wow, uh, their second. Or the third and fourth touchdowns of the game were one play drives, and so when you have when you have one play drives, it's it that's there's nothing you're going to be able to to do. Um, this game was literally over in the first quarter, uh -huh. um, and this the uh, the three touchdowns that Chandler scored in that first quarter mean that I think that was the fourth time that Perry has given up three touchdowns in a quarter this year. You know. <laughs> to shed, I guess, to kind of try to shed some light on Perry, um, I, I, I see Cade Berger here with, uh, you know, uh, two catches, um, 22 yards, right? Um, dude, Cade Berger is like a legit, like, three-catch, 50-yard kid. Um, I don't care who his quarterback is. I really don't care who his quarterback is. But Chandler's so good that they're going to limit everybody as much as possible. Um, Cade Berger being like the, the target and the, you know, unfortunate sure. beneficiary of that situation and you know he goes off uh, with his two receptions for 22 yards which is honestly great against Chandler I mean that means that you know you kind of got two first downs against them right <laughs> so um I guess I guess little victories at a time right so Coulter Brown you know he gets he gets a, I guess he gets the start or whatever eight for 12 93 yards no interceptions you know um is Perry going the right direction? I don't know if I'm not. It's hard to measure versus Chandler. Right, it it's is. It's really hard I mean, to measure. And Perry's got another another tough test this week. Is uh, they face the Highland Hawks, and we know the Hawks are always hard hitting, and certainly uh, Brock Farrell and crew they're going to bring it. 
Chandler, they'll face the Higley Knights. I'll get to see uh, Kai Milner for the first time. We'll see hey. what, uh, what Chandler does there. But uh, the Wolves continue to roll. And uh, I was talking to uh, Carlos Brooks. DeCarlos Brooks dead. And we know DeCarlos Brooks is obviously uh, a distinguished Chandler Wolves alum. He's been carrying a 3.8 ever since he got to Cal. So, nice. I mean, that is just That's Cal takes care of these kids. Cal yeah. takes care of these kids. And, I mean, it's great to see these Wolves getting it done in the classroom yeah. because we know they're going to get it done on the field, high school, collegiate level. I mean, look at what Drake Anderson's going to about to do this year at Northwestern. So, it's, it's good to hear about the grade aspect. I'm really big on that because we know that they, uh, they certainly get it done athletically. And we got to be able to, you know... Sending some good vibes Perry's way because you don't want them to lose their fifth game in a row coming up on on Friday. Correct. I mean, they're seven and eight in their last fifteen, and, and they're they're yes, they're one from last on. year, three from this. I mean, year. yeah, it's they, they've got a uh, it's going to be tough. I they like, don't have the horses that they've had the last four or five years. I'd like to say they've gone through the toughest part of their schedule, though. I mean, it gets a little. It, well, they got it, Castile it coming tough up over the next two games. Right, Higley and but, Castile. Um, I mean, and they went through Queen Creek, Hamilton, and Chandler already. That, right. They we're, got we're Higley, about, they got Castile, they got Basha. Yeah. Um, so could they go 0 and 8? I mean, I don't know. I like I was saying earlier, I think that this is the year that Basha could take back that Valvis to sign. So that so, means that's, that's 0 and 4. That's 0 and 4. If you're, if you're guaranteeing that one, do you, I'm not guaranteeing it. I am just saying that I do truly believe that you know. All right, Last so year, I think Basha <laughs> was primed to do it. Right. They had the unfortunate quarterback injury. Yeah. Um, you know, this year, I do think that Basha is kind of... Well, all right, so they've got still. the three losses now already. They've got Basha, Castile, and Highland. Who else is on the schedule? Who Castile, the other Higley, Pinnacle. Pinnacle, and who yeah. else? Uh, it goes, and so, Higley? Yeah, okay, so uh, Highland, that's... Castile, Higley, Pinnacle, Basha. That's tough Island, right Castile, Higley, Pinnacle, Basha. Well, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Just because we have a common opponent now. Pinnacle gave up 64 to Chandler. And Perry only gave, gave up 50. 55. Only gave up the 50 burger. Like, 55. That's like the little burger. You know, that's like the, you know. This is true. This is, uh, we'll that's see. Like I mean, it's, it looked like Pinnacle did the horizon, though. I mean, I mean, it's fair to say we are definitely rooting for the Pumas, but they, they've got their work cut out for them as they move into October. They, into October and into November, they definitely do. But last but not least, the Hamilton Huskies. They head to Scottsdale to take on the Saguaro Sabercats. Chili, I won't ask you for a prediction. I'll ask you for your keys to the game. Um, I, 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 th I think that if one team wins in a blowout, I think it's Hamilton. Um, if Saguaro can keep it close, then, you know, they have, they, they, I, I don't think Saguaro can blow Hamilton out. Okay, um, that's fair. I think Saguaro's waiting on some transfers. Uh, they have a super talented quarterback over there, Ridge Duchacall, who uh, is one of the most talented 2022 quarterbacks we have in the state. Um, this is going to be a nice um, battle between 22 quarterbacks, uh, Ridge and Nico. But on the Nico, national stage. Right, Nico's focus. You know, it's Nico Dark 30 right now. He's gone silent on a... Twitter and stuff like that, unless you want to DM him. Um, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what tricks he breaks out because clearly he's been kind of waiting for this game um, in some aspects. He's been waiting for the national matchup, the ESPN mm -hmm. game. Um, Noah Schmidt, this huge offensive line, uh, sure. you know, this uh, Division One secondary, uh, all these talented linebackers, defensive linemen up front. Like, I think, you know, Hamilton, they, 
They're ready for a statement game. This is, you know, I think this will be it. And Ralph, you're probably going to head to that game for a little bit. I'll be there in the early portion on that. And because I saw Saguaro last week, I'll tell you this. It's completely up to Nico Marquiol. It's completely up to him because um, that Saguaro defensive line, they're they're not going to give up a ton in the running game. They're already one of the more solid defensive lines, probably the number two defensive line in the entire state. Um and that's without what they've been doing, which is putting Bram Walden at nose tackle. So they've been putting a six foot four and a half, two hundred and eighty pound monster over the center. So you're going to add that to Quentin Somerville. You're going to add that to to Tristan Monday. Like you're mm-hmm. you're it's 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 going to be really tough for Saguaro to establish the run unless they are really really calling. A, a perfect game. And so okay. the coaching is going to have to be on point. Um, I don't think Mike Zadetsky is going to be surprised by anything that he sees in this game. But I will say that this Saguaro defense may have one vulnerability. And it's crazy to even say this after I watched them return three interceptions <laughs> for a touchdown in one half on what was a freshman quarterback sure, in, sure. Um, in, uh, in Marico Copas Cassius Campbell, I think his name is. But you have Carlos Griffin, who is a sophomore, whose confidence is through the roof right now. He just got a Syracuse offer. You've got... Um, it's a good academic school. Yeah. I know. He's a Syracuse <laughs> alum sitting here. Um, you've got... Uh, um, I, I didn't see him on the field last week, but Denzel Burke, who was an Ohio State commit, um, in, in the secondary. And, you know, bet- between those two guys, they got some really hard-hitting linebackers. That's going to be the thing that I think... Um, you know, they still gave up some passing yards to Maricopa, to a freshman who was not gun-shy at all. Mark Yule can't play that controlled game that he's been helping them win with. He's going to have to put some of this on his shoulders and really um, make this happen. What's going to be interesting is Campbell was a lefty quarterback, and so Savaro oh, got to good. be able to get used to so what they might be seeing. Be interesting. Um, okay, sure. I think it's going to be. I, I I think it's going to be hard for Hamilton to establish the run, and I think that it's really going to come down to what Marquiol does on offense. Defensively, defensively, I think Hamilton's going to have a very good game. Okay, wow, I, sounds good. I really do. I'm looking forward to right now. seeing it. Right now, I think McCook, Cummings, Dupree, Bruns, Stovall are the best offensive line in the state. Um, and you would put them over Bram Walden over because I mean, Saguaro's so, so line. Is, so, is so Bram, Bram Walden's original position is what? He's a he's a offensive lineman, right? So he's just been working out at defensive lineman recently. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Because I've been out to Saguaro's yes. practices yes. and stuff, and I haven't yes. seen it. so. Um, so for now, for now, just generally speaking. Yeah, I, I, I like I like Hamilton's chances. I think Noah Schmidt uh, does a little damage, um, wh- whether early or late. I think that you know once this Hamilton line starts leaning, because it's not like they just have five; they have them in the pocket too on mm-hmm. the bench. This is one of the deepest like Hamilton offensive lines that I've seen in like almost like ten years since like the the streak since the big monster. Since they have the Johnstone Westerman. Yeah, yeah this is, yeah that was quite a long. This Stephen is like, Oliver. They're, they're like Archuleta. eight deep. They're like eight deep, nine deep. Quality. Quality kids. Uh, Ryan Bloom was a kid that I thought that I had penciled in to start this year. Um, he's not starting. He's not starting. And he would start at almost any, any other school, school that we talk about. Almost any other school. As a sophomore. 
So you did the uh, Twitch stream, the Arizona Varsity Game of the Week yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on Twitch um, with you and you and Andrew Morgan. You simulated it out, and it was um, was Hamilton 24, Saguaro 17. Yeah. I actually don't hate that score for a, for a final. Um which way it's going to go, I'm not sure. But I do think I do think this. The one thing that I feel really, really solid about is that Hamilton's defense will impress some people in this game. It has a little bit to do with Sobaro's youth and a little bit to do with how far Hamilton has come uh, just with their talent and the growth of Chris Trojan because I, he, he's been making a lot mm-hmm. of plays. He's really he been showing up. Yes. yes. I like him a lot. Yeah, overall, I mean, I think we're... Uh... Hoping and expecting. What game are you going to? I'll be at Chandler Higley. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, checking out the Kai Milner. Kai Milner show, yes. But uh, it's good to say I'll take the Hamilton Saguaro game because obviously it's on the uh, the national stage. So you'll be watching on Twitter then. Well, you should be trying to keep up on Twitter. Now I'm. Hamilton, or I'll wait watch everybody's scores and I'll sit back and kind of analyze it and uh, okay. talk about it in a uh, educated manner the next morning. So yes, it's uh, as always. Great catching up with you guys. Great kind of breaking down the uh, the Chandler scene. I mean, there is certainly, and I, it's no surprise, a lot of great talent. I mean, some national caliber talent, of course, with the uh, Chandler Wolves and Hamilton getting the national stage and even at the smaller levels. it's uh, It's been good. This has been the Seatown Rivals podcast presented by BQ Enterprises. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.